Aren't you glad that we can praise the Lord together? Amen. Brother David. I'm so glad that y'all are here tonight. I'm, I'm so thankful that when we get together, people of like faith, how uh, we can just come in that atmosphere of corporate worship and just love on the Lord and let him love on us. Amen. I'm uh, glad to see Sister Phyllis. Yes. Hallelujah. Um, tonight, if you would, open up your Bibles to the book of Revelation chapter 3. And I want to use this for a text to show the importance of not getting uh, in a place of, uh, you know, if we're not careful, we get in a rut. And we get used to doing things a certain way and we just... Uh, the, our relationship with the Lord is not to, uh, to be a formula. It's not to be something that is, uh, just a traditional, um, way of thinking, way of acting. And so here at the church in Sardis, uh, there is a spirit of traditionalism that has, uh, infiltrated the church and it's, and it, it ultimately led to their downfall. And so I want to use this as a text to help us to see because what's been on my heart, just continuing with what we preached on this morning, that, you know, we talked about this morning how God created us. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body and he created us with a vacuum. And so that meaning that all three parts of your life is going to fill up with something. And we want to make sure that we're not starving uh, ourselves for the things of the Lord by letting the devil trick us, letting the flesh trick us, letting the world trick us by filling up on the things of the world. And so tonight I heard the Spirit of God very clearly. Uh, he said, ask the question. He said, are you growing old or are you growing up? Are you growing old or growing up? See, you and I, we don't have to do anything to grow old. Every morning I get up, I'm a little bit older. But to grow up means that we have to hear the word of God spoke to us in love. We have to receive it, uh, that engrafted word, and it causes us to grow up into Jesus. And so it's uh, it takes effort to grow up. Uh, you know, you and I, we all know people that we love. They They may be well down in years, but they still have not matured emotionally. They haven't matured in their actions physically. They still make bad decisions. And so just because you and I get saved doesn't mean automatically that we uh, uh, have achieved all the things that God would have for us. Yes, we've got salvation, but we we were saved because we become a childlike faith. We, 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 we've got to lay down the childishness. And pick up the childlike faith and let that mature us. Amen? All right. Um, Revelation chapter 3. Let's start reading at verse number 1. And uh, like I said, you'll understand why we're looking at this in just a moment of time. Revelation 3 and 1. If you're there, say amen. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis, write these things, saith he which hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works that thou hast a name. And thou, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, rehearse, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. 
Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Sister Victoria, would you pray? Yes. Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Sister Victoria. Thank you for being here once again tonight. Thank you for honoring the word. Um, see, you and I in our life, when we, when we get born again, when the Spirit of God touches us and draws us, and, and the Spirit of God comes into our spirit and we get born again and we are that new babe in Christ, we're in that place where we have an anticipation and expectancy that this, this Bible's true. That God will just do what He said He'll do. You know, we have, we, we, we have that, uh, that childlike attitude, that childlike faith, just to believe God for, for all those things. But then slowly over a period of time, the devil starts coming against you. He starts coming against me in different ways. And he tries to make us question God's goodness. He tries to make us question our faith. And then, uh, when things don't exactly happen or work out like we think they should, then we, we start making excuses. We start saying, well, you know, that's for somebody else or that's for a different dispensation. That's for a different time period. That's not for me. And we get into, uh, like what's happening here in this church in a spirit of traditionalism where, well, uh, I, I don't have to, uh, strive. I don't have to grow. I don't have to, to reach forward for those things that's ahead of me. I, I'm, I'm just going to settle for what I have. I'm going to hold on to my salvation and just kind of limp into heaven. How many times have you heard people say, oh, I'll just be happy if I can just be a doorkeeper in heaven? Well, I'm not. I, I, I don't, I don't want that. I want God's best because Jesus died to give me his best. He didn't die just to barely get me into heaven. He died, defeated hell, death, and the grave, every imp of, of hell that I might be an overcomer with him, that you might be an overcomer with him. So let's get rid of that ideology. Let's get rid of that thinking and let's understand some things. So here, to understand why Jesus is talking to the church at Sardis in this manner, we've got to learn a little bit from him. History. Now, history tells us uh, that this city of Sardis, uh, they had this great wall around them. And this wall, they started putting confidence in the, the natural wall rather than the spiritual wall. Do you see what's happening to America today? We're starting to put confidence in all of ourselves and we're thinking that we don't need God. We need God more now than we ever have. Amen. And so over a period of time, after they had built this wall, instead of continually growing with the population, they just got their eyes off the wall and they got their eyes on self. Does that sound like the United States of America tonight? We, we, we get Because God is our wall. He's our wall of protection. But all of a sudden, so as time went by, the, the, they started getting uh, breaks in the wall. They started getting cracks in the wall. And, and so the enemy was watching uh, Cyrus of Persia. He was watching this city. He was watching this land. And, and all, he had people that were there spying it out. And, and so one day this spy was watching. And all the soldiers 
during the heat of the day. They would come and they had a place around the wall where they would rest. They'd take their helmets off and they'd put it in the crack of the wall. And they got to watching and looking at how many cracks they were in this wall. And so they took the message back to Cyrus and Cyrus overtook the city. Now you and I, we're going to stand just as long as we stand on God. And the moment the United States of America completely turns its back on God, you better look out. I better look out. Amen. So we got to be in that place in that position. So here Sardis, it means this Sardis is a color. It's a stone and it's a, it's an orange brown stone. But guess what? If you shine red light into it, it rejects it. It will not reflect red light. It will not reflect the blood of Christ. And because why? Because they have rejected what Christ wanted to do in them. And notice what he said. He said there in verse number one, the last part of the verse, he said, I know thy works and thou hast a name. See, they were saved. They were, they were a church of the living God. But he said, thou, uh, thou livest, but now you're, you're dead. Um, could you put the amplified up there, sister Victoria, in that verse one? I love how the amplified reads this. It really brings it home clear. Uh, it's not there. Okay. We don't have, I wonder what happened to it. Okay. Well, anyway, the Amplified says, said you, and, and so does the ESV and the, uh, uh, yes, ma'am. Does it say that you have a reputation? Uh, you, Verse number one, you have a reputation, but he, but he said your reputation is that you're dead. Yes. Um, these are the words of him who the seven spirits of God and seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. Wow. Think about that. So they are a church of God, but they have turned their back on Jesus. And their reputation was, hey, you went under the name of Christian. You were you were a child of God. But because you have turned your back on him, now you are dead, dead. So see, you and I, the point of what, what the Holy Ghost is wanting to stir us up about is uh, you and I, we need to see that we got to always be growing. Because if we're growing, we're growing up into Christ. But if we're not, we're growing old. And we're going to die. We're, we're, the, the, the works of the Lord, the, the prayer of God, the plan of God, the provision of God, the power of God, all of those things. Uh, he wants to come into your life, into my life. And if we don't allow them to do that, that area of our life is being starved, as we were talking about this morning. And as it's starved out, it will slowly die. So uh, here, as he's dealing with this church, he says in verse number two, he said, I want you to be watchful. And this word is a Greek word that means I want you to wake up. Wake up. I want you to come alive. See, we've got to see some things right now. Uh, they're making a move slowly but surely, strategically stop the move of God in what he's wanting to do in this last day revival. They're, they're wanting to put so much pressure on people and so much pressure on the, uh, on the church that, that they think that we will not be able to do what God's called us to do. But we're going to do it because God's your source. God's my source. Amen. But we need to be watchful. We need to wake up. Uh, the, the Bible says that, uh, in the book of Romans that it's high time. 
that we awake, awaken to righteousness and let our light shine like never before. But he said, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. So in other words, you and I, if we're, if we're not careful, if we end up like the church at Sardis, we'll, we won't take heed to when the Spirit of God is dealing with us about something. You know, everything's going good, but the Spirit of God is dealing with one specific area. He's trying to quicken us. He's trying to prune us. Jesus said that I'll speak a word to you in my word, uh, John 15. It will prune you. It will cleanse you. It will make you produce what? More fruit because you're growing up. But if we're not careful, see, we, we get to the point where we stop listening to what the Spirit of God would say and we start listening to what we want to hear. Remember, Paul said there's, there'll be a time, a generation that won't hear the word of God. They'll have itching ears and they'll pull in people who will say what they want them to hear. This We've got this all across the world. Churches that are built up just are not churches. They are organizations. They, they preach a message, a theology that matches the people. Well, guess what? God matches me to him, not me to the world. God matches you to him, not to the world. Amen. He, he will change us if we'll allow to do so. And so I, I want to do what verse 3 said. He said, remember, rehearse, uh, therefore, how thou hast received and heard. You and I, we, we need to be in the place where, what has God said to me in the past? See, I, I don't know about you, but everything I struggle in in my life is because God has told me specific instruction and I haven't applied it. And I, he won't talk to me about something else. He won't deal with something else until I come back and I rehearse. I remember what he said. See, God wants to talk to us about those little things, those little foxes that spoil the vine that may not seem important to us, but they're critical to us growing up. Our obedience. We have to just hear the word of God and, and obey it in that childlike faith rather than that childish attitude. And guess what? It'll change everything. Amen. He said, remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. So I need to know out of the mouth of Jesus, the very first words there in Matthew chapter four, he said, what? Repent. Repentance is not something that it happens one time when we get saved. Repentance is an attitude. It's a lifestyle of the Christian because uh, there's things that I don't even know I need to repent about until Jesus starts talking to me about it. See, think about your mom and dad. There were certain things that they didn't talk to you about until you got a certain age. And when you got a certain age, then they could tell you, hey, this is wrong. This is right. This is how to do this. This is how not to do this because you were of age. Well, that's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to talk to us about some more powerful things in our life instead of us just guessing about life. People are just hitting and missing. Well, this may work. This may not. God doesn't want you and I to hit and miss. He, he wants us to uh, be able to have information from him, by him. He wants to show us the truth. I mean, there's things in my life that, that, that I didn't realize I was hurting myself and he wanted to tell me about it all the time. But I, I, he knew that he couldn't tell me because I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't ready enough to hear it. But the moment I said, Lord, I repent, I renounce what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. I want to hear from you. Guess what? He started loving on me. And when he loves on me, then I get stronger in him. And all those things that would hold me back, they fall by the wayside. Amen. All right. Go with me. And let's look at some things. I want to build you up tonight and encourage you. The Spirit of God does so much. Go with me to, the, to Paul's writing to the church in 1 Corinthians ch chapter 3. And we're going to look at the negative before we look at the positive. Now, um, the church at Corinth was the most... 
uh, carnal church in the whole uh, Bible, but yet they operated in the gifts of the Spirit like never before. And, and so why is that? Because a carnal church, uh, even the reason why they were carnal, Paul tells us here by the Spirit, is because they were babies. Well, you know, you and I, a baby, they'll take, People at their word. Well, you know, we, so when we take God at his word, we can operate in his gifts. Uh, but at the same time, if we don't let those, we've got to see that the gifts has nothing to do with us growing up. The gifts are just that. They're gifts of God. It's what causes us when we start growing up is when you produce fruit. Amen. And, and so everybody gets excited about the gifts. Thank God for the gifts. But the fruit shows where you're really at in maturity. Amen. Shows where I'm really at in maturity. And so Paul here, he's trying to help them. And he says, starting in verse number one, first Corinthians three and one. And he said, and I brethren. So mark that down in your, your, your mind's eye, write it in your, on the table of your heart. He's talking to, uh, the brothers and sisters in the Lord. And he said, I brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal even as unto babes in Christ. Now think about this. Here the church has been founded and, and uh, everything's going along uh, pretty good. But then all of a sudden there comes a season and a time where God says to Paul, he says, I want you to speak some words to them that will take them from where they're at to where I would have them to be. And, and Paul said, those things that I wanted to say to you, I couldn't say to you because you couldn't chew it. It was meat. It, it, it was a it was a deeper level, and can, can you imagine how the Lord has so many things for us? I know in my life, uh, as I look back over it, I, I, I see how much quicker I could have matured, how much quicker I could have accepted another promise of God, how much I could have heard another truth, the truth that makes me free. You know what I mean? It's there available, but he will not take us beyond our uh, ability to, to grow. But we've got to be willing to trust him and we've got to be willing to uh, exercise our spiritual muscles, our, our eyes of faith, our, our, our very confidence in him. And so Paul says, I got some things to say to you by the spirit of God, but you can't hear them. He said, I've got some spiritual things, but, but, but you're still operating. You're still thinking. Look what he said as babes in Christ. Now, this is a Greek word that means non-speaking, uh, if you want to take it literally, but figuratively, it means an immature Christian. So think about this. Anything that I'm not growing up in Christ in, uh, that I'm growing old in, that I'm dying in, rather than coming into the things and the words and the truth of life, then he has it for me, but he will not be able to speak it to me. Well, I want to hear what he says, don't you? I don't want to be limited by, by what I know and what I understand. So I got to see that my carnality, my flesh, if I'm, if I don't take domination over it in the name of Jesus, if I don't speak the name of Jesus over it, if I don't put Christ and that victory at the cross over it, it's going to keep me from hearing what he would say to me. And if I don't hear what he says to me, then I'll never grow up in the area. Now, uh, you know, just to understand what I'm talking about. Every one of us in here, you think back over your Christian life and think about the people that you went to church with. And you can pick out certain people that you went to church with and you it may have been for years and they're the same as they was when you first started going to church with them. 
They have not grown up in any way. They're growing old, but they're not growing. They still have the same struggles. They still have the same battles. They still cause the same problems. There's people that you and I come in contact with all the time, and and, and it grieves our heart. It quenches us, and we need to pray for them. We we don't give up on that. We we, uh, because Jesus will never give up on us. We don't give up on other people. But uh, those people, they're, they're struggling. But we need to look at that example and say, Lord, thank you for letting me see that, and and so I can pray for them. But if that problem is in them, then the problem is probably also in me. And we're quick to see something in somebody else that we can't see in ourselves. But the Lord is a, is a Lord that looks and he takes the cover off and, and he, he brings truth to us. And notice what he said, verse number two. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. So what you and I need to do, we need to be, be like what Jesus was telling the church at Sardis. He was telling them, he said, remember what I've done for you. But he said, I want you to, I want you to rehearse that and, and I want you to hold fast to, to the salvation that I gave you. But it, then he said, I want you to repent and be ready to receive something else. I, I want more than just salvation, don't you? I want sanctification. I, I, I want that, that maturity in Christ that, that I'll be like, uh, Psalms 1 talks about. I know that I'm that, I'm planted by that water of life. And I'm going to produce fruit in my season. My leaf is not going to fail. Amen. In the drought, there may be drought all around me. There may be trouble and problems all around me. But I know who I am because I know who God has made me. I know where my root, my source is. Amen. And and so to be able to grow up into that, I've got to grow down. Rooted and grounded in Christ. Amen. We've got to grow down into him. Look what he says. The reason why they were not able. Verse number three. For you are yet carnal. Look how many times he mentions this word. Uh, Carnal simply means, you know, that this flesh is operating. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you what? Number one, envying. Number two, strife. Number three, divisions. Are ye not carnal? Again, he said, walk as men. You you and I, he, he said, I want you to start walking as men. In other words, I want you... From the Greek, it says, I want you to live as a mature person. Now, if, if the Spirit of God is moving on Paul to tell them to, to grow up, to walk as a mature person, then guess what? He's going to provide them the word, the strength, the, his spirit to be able to do that. Amen? So, I don't know about you. I'll just be honest with you. There are things in my life I am still very childish about. I, 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 you know, I get upset. I get, uh, I get out of faith. I get nervous. I get aggravated. All of those things. I'm not ashamed to admit those things, but I don't want to stay there. Amen. I, I, I want to give it to Jesus and I want to allow him to help me to grow up. Don't you? I want to be different every day. I, I mean, uh, you know, you, you look back through your family photo albums and, you know, uh, uh, especially if you got a digital album and you, and you, you know, and it shows you every day of the year, uh, on that particular day that you have a history. And boy, you can see yourself change physically. Well, I want to see myself change spiritually. Amen. I, I want to be in that place and I want to walk as a mature person in the Lord. Well, if he tells me to do that, I'm going to be able to do it. Amen. You, you could be able to do it. Now, notice what he said. He said um, how you could gauge yourself if there was envy and strife and division. 
So anything in your life, in my life, that would show up in these three areas, we can say, okay, God, thank you for giving me a gauge to show me some things. Because if you give me that gauge, then guess what? I can give those things to you. And if I exchange those things, if I cast those burdens, those limitations, those weaknesses, those uh, childlike, uh, those childish, pardon me, attitudes, then you can give me the childlike faith to step up out of it. Amen? That's what Paul's doing. That's what he's working with this church. He's, he's trying to get them to a place where they can be exactly what Christ died for them to be. Now notice he, he helps them just a little bit more. He said, verse number four, while one saith, I am of Paul, and another say, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? See, in other words, uh, so many times we, we see so many d- denominations because, well, you know, I'm this denomination, I'm that denomination. That's division. Because we're still operating in what I like and what I want. God is building one new man. He's building his church. Ephesians chapter 2, that whole chapter, if you just stop and just meditate on that, you just you see the power in that where God is building his family. And there's no division. There's no separation. But see, what separates us is because I want what I want when I want it. I want it my way. Well, I, 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 when I get my way, I'm not happy. I, I want God's way. Amen. And so I, I want to let this grow up into my life. Now, let's turn over to the 13th chapter and let's see what Paul said, because you and I can be in the place as we hear this word. It changes everything about us. Um, look what he says, starting in verse number nine, for sake of time. First Corinthians thirteen nine. He said, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. Verse 10, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Now, I understand uh, uh, how this uh, causes a lot of controversy and all of these things, but Jesus was the only perfect one. And and he come that you and I might have life and we might have it more abundantly. But uh, we've got to see that when he comes into our life, He doesn't want you and I to be in part anymore. He wants us to be unified with him. And he wants us to be in the place where we're continually growing and coming into truth. Because look what he, uh, the, the apostle Paul said there in verse 11. He said, when I was a child. So, uh, in other words, he's saying, so as long as we're in that place with that childish attitude, then we're going to be in the place where we can just know part. We, we, we can just understand in part. We can just operate in part. When I was a child, now mark these things down in your Bible. He said, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, when I become a mature person, I put away childish things. So let's, let's, let's break these down so we can help ourselves so much. Now, I, I, I love, uh, you know, the honesty of children. I mean, they, they just say whatever's on their mind. And, and they, and, and they, they, they don't, they don't know, they don't understand, they just talk. And, um, so let's think about what Paul's talking about here. He said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. See, the Bible says in the multitude of words in Proverbs chapter 10, he said, in the multi- multitude of words, there is much sin. See, uh, 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 
you and I, we've got to realize that sometimes if God hadn't given us something to say, we need to keep our mouth shut. Because that's when I get in trouble. And I, I make it pretty good until I get around certain people. But certain people, they, it's, they know, uh, I, I, I don't know how the devil uses that situation or circumstance, but I'll, I'll say stuff that I wouldn't normally say, or I'll let my guard down, or I'm, I'm more easily provoked, or whatever it might be. I don't know. Um, for sure. But Paul is saying here, he, he, he's saying that we need to see that when we mature in Christ, we need to see the power of our words. See, my words, your words, they're going to create our day. They're going to create our future. And so I need to be in the place in the position where, God, if you want me to say it, I'll say it. But if I don't need to say it, I'm going to trust in you to help me keep my mouth shut. And that's what I pray all the time, I, especially from the pulpit. Before I ever take the pulpit, I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I trust you. You put your hand over my mouth. If I'm not supposed to say a certain thing, don't let me say it. The Bible talks about the prophets in the Old Testament that their tongue would cleave to the roof of their mouth when their words not supposed to speak. And, and, and I, you know, I don't know about you. I want that same provision. If they had it under the Old Covenant, how much more can you and I have something under the New covenant. In other words, because now your tongue, my tongue has been laid on the altar, uh, and, and, and the, the very fire of the Holy Ghost can be available to our tongue to be our source. Amen. So we need to see, I want to speak as a, 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 not a childish attitude, but a childlike faith. I want to speak as a mature person growing up in, in Jesus. He said, I, when I was a child, I spake as a child. And notice this. He said, I understood as a child. And this word understood, it means to exercise the mind. Hold your place right here. And I want to go to Matthew and I want to make sure that you understand this word. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. Remember where Jesus is with Peter and he said, who do you, who do men say I am? You know, and, and uh, all of these things. And, and Peter gets the revelation of God building the church. Remember that? Everybody? Okay. Everybody's looking at me like, are you in the Bible or are you in the Book of Mormon or something? So Matthew chapter 16, uh, after Jesus uh, brags on Peter and says, uh, says, hey, you know, you, you heard by the Spirit, drop down to verse uh, 21. Matthew 16, 21. And it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Verse 22. Then Peter took him, then Peter took Jesus and began to rebuke him, saying, so here, Peter, you know, this, this is what happens a lot of times. The Spirit of God, uh, you know, uses uh, a young Christian, uses us in a revelation or in a direction or in an unction. And then if we're not careful, we think we know everything. So here, Peter, he didn't, he, 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 he brought forth this great revelation of the founding of the church. But then when Jesus starts telling him what's going to happen, Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. So that we know the Bible says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so uh, Peter's he, here, he's speaking as a child, but he is taking inventory as a child, because look what, it, what Jesus says. Uh, verse 23. 
But he turned and said unto Peter, Jesus turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. So we see the source of his, his words. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not. Now mark that word down. Thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. That savorest not is the same word as thinking, as uh, to exercise the mind. As it, when I uh, was a child, I thought as a child. So we, we see where this um, childlike attitude, where this thought pattern comes from. It comes from the devil. Well, you and I, we have nothing to do with the devil. Come on, you're born again. I'm born again. We have the spirit of the living God. We have the hope, the confidence uh, of the resurrection. We have that blessed hope that we're looking forward to. Uh, and so we need to be in the place and the position to see that. Now, if Peter was walking with Christ uh, literally face to face for three and a half years, and yet he still uh, has issues, guess what? I can have issues. So I need to be in that place where I say, I'm going to hold fast to what Jesus has given me, but I'm going to have an attitude of repentance. I'm going to rehearse those things. I'm not going to be like the church at Sardis and, 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 and let there be a hole in my wall. I'm going to, I'm going to repair those things around me. I'm going to hear the word of God and I'm going to, as I hear the word of God, I'm going to let it grow me up. Amen. All right. Let's go back. First Corinthians 13, 11 again. And he said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. Notice what he said. He said, I understood, I exercised my mind as a child. Uh, and then he says, and I thought as a child. So all of a sudden, we got a different word here. So he, the, the, the first word was exercise the mind. But here he said, uh, as I thought of a, as a child. In other words, um, this is how you and I know where our heart really is. Because this word, uh, thinking as a child, it means to take inventory. And, and, and you know, we, we see kids do this all the time. I, I love to watch it when the grandkids are, are eating M&Ms or they're eating uh, cut-up chicken uh, pieces, chicken fingers. You know, when that plate's full, they go pretty slow. But when we get down the last two or three, they're seeing which one can get it. They're taking inventory. Come on now. See, that's what we do in the flesh. We take inventory. Is this going the way I want it to go? See, Paul, he had an ideal of what the church was supposed to be. It wasn't a New Testament church. Paul wanted a church that was built upon the principles and the law of the Old Testament. And what did he do? He looked at it, he took inventory, and he went and he put men and women, he took children, he put them in prison. Because he looked at it and said, this is the way it was supposed to be. And so God had to what? God had to send Jesus to meet him on the road to Damascus and to change his whole life. So that's what Paul's talking about. Before, he said, I looked at things the wrong way. I took an inventory and I thought, hey, this person, they're not walking in the law, so they're a sinner. They need to be judged. But he said, all of a sudden, he said, I've learned how to become a man. And I take inventory, not according to the flesh, according to what I see on the outside. But I let the Spirit of God show me what's on the inside. Amen. When I was a child, I spake as a child, and I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but notice what he said. But when I became a man, when I become a mature Christian in Christ, look what he said. 
He said, I put away childish things. This word put away is from a Greek word that means to render entirely useless. Paul said, I, I, everything that was coming, all of these previous things that was working against me, I put them away. I made them useless. In other words, he cut off every area for the devil to work in his life through those old ways. Now, this helps me. Now, y'all may not have no problems, no old ways. I've got problems and old ways that the devil works through. And so I, I can take this scripture and I can say, Lord, I want to be a mature Christian. I want to grow up into you. I want to, I want to be able to render the, the working of the enemy, the working of the flesh, the working of the world in my life in that way. I want it entirely useless. That's all he's waiting for us to say. Because when we make that statement, then all of a sudden we've opened up our lives for the hand of God to come in our life in that area like we've never had him before. Amen. And it's available to us. That's what I desire, don't you? All right. Now, Go with me and let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 in closing. And let's see something I want to leave you with that will just encourage you so much. You know these verses very well, but don't let the familiarity of them uh, lose their impact on you tonight. Let's start um, reading in uh, verse number 9. Verse number 9, talking about Jesus, it said, Now that he ascended, what is it? But he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Verse 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And of course, this is talking about what Jesus done for you and I. So I want you to imagine now, we know that God's throne is in the third heaven. But here it's talking about how Jesus, how he penetrated the second heaven. He he went and he broke through Satan's kingdom for you and I. When Jesus hung on that cross, when he died on that cross and he was placed in that tomb, when he laid down his life and then God gave him the power to pick his life back up, when he picked up his life and after he uh, fulfilled everything that he was supposed to here, he penetrated Satan's kingdom. He's destroyed it. Satan lost all power because Jesus said all power in heaven and in earth has been given to me. All right. So he done that for you and I. So uh, in other words, remember, we talked about how the source uh, of those thoughts of those things that was savoring, that was not of God, how they were stopped uh, by Jesus. This is how you, you and I can apply it. Now, notice what he says. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And what did he do? Verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting, for the maturing, for the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, for the building of the body of Christ. So, uh, in other words, we got to see that what this read between the lines. See, Satan had a hierarchy. He had a uh, an evil order where he was building his kingdom in this earth, and he was building deception, and he was building uh, uh, workers that would be united in him. And people had no hope. They had no confidence in being able to come out of that until Jesus broke through it. And so when Jesus broke through it, then he sent an ability, an opportunity for you and I to hear the truth, to be built up, to be matured in him, where we could come out of all of those things. Amen? Now notice what he says. 
He said, for the edifying of the body of Christ. In other words, God is wanting to see that you and I are going to be built up in the body. So I need you, you need me, we need each other. We're we're a part of, of what God is wanting to do and what is going to happen. He said, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect, a what? A mature person unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's a mouthful. I don't know about you, but that gives me anticipation. That gives me hope. That gives me confidence because it said that God is sending people in my life and they're going to bring a revelation of Jesus. He's sending the Spirit of God. He's sending the Word of God in my life. It's going to mature me. It's going to grow me up. I'm not going to just grow old. I'm going to grow up. And I'm going to grow up into Jesus. And notice what he said. He said that we would all come in the unity of the faith. Okay, so this puts me in a place where I tell the Lord, I say, hmm, I may be holding somebody else back. And I repent of that. Because notice what he said, till we all come in the unity of the faith. See, you may be a couple steps ahead of me, and God is ready to do a great work in your life, but because he loves me so much, he's not going to move you Because if I took and grabbed your arm and pulled it out of place, it would hurt and would render it inoperative. We're all one body, remember, growing up under the the body of Christ. And so he's going to what? He's going to grow us together. And and so I I, I got to thinking about that and praying about that. Lord, if I'm holding somebody else back because you're ready to do something in their life, I repent of that. Come on, I, I I want to mature. I want to hear the word of God. I want to take that next step because I don't want to be a hindrance. I want to be a help. Come on, say I'm a help. Well, you're, you're a help. Now, notice what he said. He said that till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So uh, you may know something I don't know. So we need to what? We need to live the truth before each other's eyes where your truth that is God has given you will be so real to me that I can reach out and I can take it for myself. Amen. And he said, when we would do that, we would come into this mature person under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The devil doesn't want you and I to see that. He wants us to always to believe, well, someday when that trumpet sounds, well, praise God, that trumpet's going to sound. But we can grow up tonight. Amen. Verse number 14, and here's why we have to do it. That we henceforth be no more what? Come on, I don't, Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. All of those things I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But then I what? When I become a mature person, I rendered those things entirely useless in my life. That's what we've got to do. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So, so we know that right now there's a, the whole world is that, that I'm talking about those that's in the world and not in Christ. They're in deception. They have been deceived. They have bought into the lie. But you and I, if we don't grow up into some things, we may accept some of those lies. Why do you think that that sin has crept into the church? Why are we ordaining homosexual ministers? Why are we accepting things that once was considered uh, 
obviously contrary to the word of God, but now, well, maybe we need to do some evaluation. We need to do some readjustment. The whole world is is in deceit. But you and I, we've got to see that that if I'm not growing up, I'm growing old. And if I'm growing old, I'm not maturing in Christ. I'm maturing in what? In my position that is without him in it, without him being elevated as the head. Notice what it says. Verse number uh, 15. He said, this is what you and I need to do. This is what we need to hear. But speaking the truth in love. Now, what happens when we hear the truth spoken in love? May grow up into him in all things. So, Think about this. If I'm growing up in Christ, I'm not just maturing at my own rate or my own level or my own understanding. I'm actually maturing up in Him. In Him. So that means that He's going to give me exactly what I need to look like Him, to talk like Him. Remember Paul said, I had, I couldn't, I had to talk to you as in the babes, as that carnal, that carnality means to be man-faced. You and I, we're not man-faced any longer. We have the face of Jesus. When God looks at us, he sees Jesus. Aren't you thankful for that? But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Every area of my life can be controlled by the word. Isn't that amazing? Every area. Y'all may not have any problems. I, 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 this excites me because I've got problems. And when I can take that problem and I can receive a word from Jesus about it and I can no longer be dominated or controlled by that problem, that excites me. That gives me anticipation. That gives me hope. That gives me confidence that my life is going to get better and better and better. So many times, somebody, I, I, you know, they actually, I heard the words. They said, you know, I'm just holding on till he comes. Well, yes, we're holding on till he comes. But they said that with a voice of defeat. That there wasn't going to be any joy, any victory here. But they, 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 they was going to trust in him. Well, praise God for trusting in him. But there's joy and there's victory here. The Bible says that you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. Amen. Why? Because Christ is our victory. All right. But speaking the truth in him may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Notice this. Christ is your head. He's my head. Verse 16. From whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted, knitted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. So, I wish we had time. We could spend an hour just breaking down what that verse is saying. But you've got to see how important you are to your brother and sister. You've got to see how important your brother and sister is to you. And God wants to put us together in a power position. See, the closer you and I are knit together. Think about, you know... um, uh, I used to always, every time I'd step up in the dump truck after my britches would get uh, a little war, I'd rip the straddle out. Shirley used to sew them up for me. But as, according to the pattern of how that material is made, the closer the knit, the stronger it is. See, that's why Jesus wants to divide us. Because if we get further apart, the devil can work 
through misunderstanding, through confusion, all of these things. But the closer we get together, uh, then he has no place to work. He has no avenue to operate because we're letting Christ build us together. Amen. That's what he's saying this word will do for us. Okay, let's close with this verse. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. See, the, uh, uh, the Gentile was without Christ. We were at one time without Christ. And so we were a child of the devil. We were a child of the world. Come on. But you and I were no longer of the child of this world, a child of the devil. We're a child of the king. And so we can walk just the way Jesus walked. So what we want to do is we want to say, Lord, I don't understand how you walked in love when there was so much hate. But you said I could do it. And so I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. I don't know how you was able to hold your mouth while they were pulling your beard out. And they were uh, punching you in the face. All of the things that they did to Jesus. But he held it as a sheep led to the slaughter. He held his words. So I don't have to say things. Amen. I don't have to do things. Because I can walk as Jesus walked. You can walk as Jesus walked. Anything that would divide us, it can be put to sunder. Amen. And so tonight I want to be in that place, in that position where we trust in the Lord like never before. We hear the truth spoken in love. And we let him grow us up. Amen. Pray with me. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We honor you. You are a God that is more than enough. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence. I thank you for every person that is here tonight. Lord, I believe that you're going to do a mighty move in our spirit by the Holy Spirit. I believe that your word is going to come into our hearts like truth, like never before. That truth that makes us free. Lord, let us see that we can walk just as you walk. Let us see that we can hear those words and we can have that fortification, that wall around our life. We can have that place of protection. We can grow up in you. We can be stronger and stronger in you, not in the world, not in ourselves. But we have the Holy Spirit of truth to speak words of life, words of hope, words of encouragement and strength in our life. Lord, let it be. Lord, right now, touch us and draw us like never before. Help us come out of some things and come into you. Help us be united for your glory. All we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Would you come tonight and make yourself an altar and say, Lord, here I am. I I, want to hear everything that you would say to me. I want to hear the truth spoken in love. Because I want to grow up. I want to be changed in some things tonight. I I, I want to be made free in some things tonight. I, I, I want to yield to you in some things tonight where I can be closer than I've ever been. Now, I want someone to make a bold statement. You can take it or you can leave it. You cannot be any closer to the Lord than you are to your brother and sister. If you have aught between your brother and sister, that divides you from the Lord. And so we've got to we've got to make sure that we keep everything under the blood of Jesus and we get closer to each other. And as we get closer to each other, we get closer to the Lord. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise you.